Welcome to the XYZ Experiment. This is Fiona and I'm going to be your Generation X. Hi, I'm Dash. I'm a millennial, also known as a Gen Y. Hi everyone, Sarah here. I'm the micro generation between Gen X and millennial, but in my heart, I'm kind of a Gen X. Hi, I'm Amelia. I'm dual generational on the cusp between millennial and Zoomer, depending on the day. Hi guys. So I have had two realizations recently about shopping um, and my relationship, I guess, to online shopping in particular. Um, So this year, 2023, we have had a bit more of a financial constraint um, because of home loan staff and um, different things waiting for money to come in. So we haven't had easy access to money. Um, And so that has meant that I've been much more conscious of what I have been spending money on. And normally at the start of any year, because there's so many sales, I would just go through, particularly on my phone or while I'm at work, and buy things. But I've had to stop myself and be like, actually, we don't have enough money on our credit card um, to actually allow myself to do that. And so I started to notice when I was drawn to wanting to buy something. And it was really interesting because I'd had six weeks off work, I'd come back to work and suddenly I was in meetings and any meeting that was stressful or any meeting that I was slightly bored in, I would suddenly have from my emails, oh, an email will come through with one of my favorite stores and they'll say there's 20% off and I'd find myself scrolling and I was like, what am I doing? Like I'm at work but I'm also now online shopping. And I was like, what is this saying about my draw to wanting to actually engage with this online shopping situation? And it wasn't like I was looking for anything particular. That really surprises me that you do it during actual work. I know, but I didn't realise I was. Completely subconscious. It was subconscious. And it's only because I had to stop myself because I wasn't allowed to that I then took a step back and being like, why am I doing this? How did you not realise? Why was it just so ingra- like ingrained in you? You were just doing it. I think I didn't realise because there wasn't anything that had pushed me to stop. Whereas, you know, I have been stressed about the financial element, right? And so that was enough to give me pause. And I think I have a personality type where I'm quite reactive. Like I, I can do things without thinking about it. And I need a deliberate pause to make me stop and think, hang on, why? Why are you doing this? And I hadn't had that before. Um, And I just didn't, I don't think before I didn't think it mattered. Like it wasn't enough to kind of be like, this is going to be an issue. Whereas in now it's like, oh, it would be an issue if I suddenly put all of these clothing items um, on my credit card. And it was then made me think, they're not even clothes I need. Like I'd almost built a narrative in my head, oh yeah, I should probably get more active wear, but do I actually need more active wear? Like it just started to unpack and I realised then it's not about need, it was about what it was dealing with, which was I needed something to distract me from potentially feeling uncomfortable and I didn't want to stay in that space of being uncomfortable. So online shopping was a way to do that. And for me at the moment with work, I am tied to my computer. Like the other day I was at my computer from 6.30 in the morning was my first meeting. I didn't switch off until 6 p.m. 
right? That is a long time to be sitting at my computer on Zoom and trying to concentrate. And I just find myself being like, I'm stressed, I'm tired, I'm bored and going. It's almost an escapism from where I'm trapped. Is it almost like you're smoko? Maybe. Actually, that's a good analogy. Well, isn't it interesting that the companies are sending you those emails during the day as well? Like the data that they would have around knowing that there's someone like Dash in the background looking through her emails and then they see that you click through on their email at a specific time of day and it's sort of almost baiting you. Oh, it's 100%. And, you know, they come in specific times. Like, So you'll get ones that are right at the start of the day, then just before lunch and then just before the end of the day you'll get emails come through. So, yeah, it's totally deliberate on their part. I find it really interesting listening to your story about your boredom and things like that. And the real question that's coming up in my mind is, what is your loss now that you're not doing that? Like, how's that making you feel? Is it something else you have to fill in that void? Or what? what is the loss if you're not doing that online shopping during the day? How are you feeling that now? So interesting question. And I was the more I've thought about it, the more I don't want to fill it with something else. And um, I've almost had to tell myself a narrative, you're okay, you're okay, it's okay, you don't need this, you don't need anything in this space, actually. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. So there's two things I've bought this year. Um, I bought a pair of bathers, because I don't fit my current, my old bathers. And I'm, I bought the pants I'm wearing. Um, and it was, they're the two things I've bought, whereas in normally I probably would have bought, I don't know, and 10, 15 other items throughout the sale period. I think the other space of uncomfortability at the moment is my size has fluctuated. And so I feel like there's almost like this thing of kind of saying, oh, but you need clothes in your current size but I actually still have enough clothes in my current size but it's almost like I'm not feeling okay about that so am I trying to buy more clothes to help my um, myself feel better and feel like I've got cool things to wear but it's also and this is where I'm like gosh it's so complex it's triggering stuff from my childhood so when I was growing up we were quite we didn't have a lot of expendable money my mum was a stay-at-home mum for most of her um time looking after us three girls and so you know buying lots of clothes buying brand named clothes was not something that we kind of put an emphasis on as a family and my mum used to make me clothes a lot of the time and or we'd buy we'd have secondhand clothes and I think part of my compulsion with shopping is almost a reaction to that but then compounded by when I'm feeling stressed and when I'm feeling um frustrated or or tired or bored it's like my comfort space to go to because I'm like I I was in a space that I could do that I could afford to buy cool clothes and it gave me a feeling of good and control and this is you know fun but it's so fleeting I think that's the thing I've realized as soon as the next email comes you're then clicking on that even if you just bought something so it's not like buying something fixes it I have um I have a lot of thoughts about shopping and things like that. And it's something which I've really looked 
deep into myself about why I shop and and the reasons for it. And I think over my years, you know, maybe being a Gen X and being in my 50s, my shopping habits have changed. And like when I first, uh, I came from a a middle-class family where um, my parents you know, four daughters and my parents tried really hard to give us things. And and I remember uh, looking back as a child, like I can still remember this time my mum bought me these red shoes that I was just obsessed with. Now as an adult, I think, how on earth did she afford those, you know? But yeah. she still gave me that treat, if that makes sense. And, um, and no blame on her at all. I think then as I've, uh, you know, became uh, you know making my own money and things like that then I started to treat myself and reward myself and you know through my 20s and maybe a little bit of my 30s it was rewarding myself with things that had status I might buy a bag that's probably too much or a pair of shoes that are are too much you know things that I should have probably have spent money elsewhere and then um and then keeping up with what I thought I needed to look like I needed to have the right car or I needed to have the right house or the right clothes and things like that. But then I feel as I got older, that morphed a little bit and that wasn't as important to me anymore, all that status and things like that. But what it was feeling was an emotional hole inside me. And so like if I was really stressed at work or even if I had a really good day at work, I would go out and reward myself and I would, you know, but I don't do any online shopping. That's a very rare thing for me. Thank God. Uh, because that's just too readily accessible. I I love the experience of actually going into the store and yeah. and talking to the people because I'm very social and trying things on and then making a selection, you know, from there. But I did realise that was trying to fill something in my life, like I wasn't celebrating or or um, or dealing with whatever I was emotionally going through. And when COVID hit, uh, I read this whole thing about how COVID will help you get rid of some of your addictions in a way um, because you can't physically do them. You can't go out and do it anymore. And so in my own head, I actually thought this is going to break my shopping addiction. This is actually going to stop me from going to the stores because I can't go to the stores at the moment. And so I will develop a new habit of not doing that anymore. And it actually did. It actually did break that habit of having to go by this, go by that. And it made me really rethink how I was emotionally dealing with myself. So I really understand what you were saying about that. And so I turned to other things like I do a jigsaw puzzle or I'd listen to a lot of music or I do a bit of walking. Yeah, and I just realised that sort of if you call it a shopping addiction, was coming from that sort of place of reward and, and yeah. Does that make sense to everybody? What what 100%. I feel like for me, I've, I don't buy a lot of clothes at all. Like that's one of my things this year. I'm like, if anything, I want to start like once a month maybe looking at buying something because whenever I buy something, I have like a lot of guilt associated because similar story like growing up on a farm – like we I remember one time we were going to have Santa photos taken at the locals like town center and we forgot our good shoes and we were wearing our farm shoes. My mum was so upset because she was like, Oh, like I can't afford to buy you guys 
like a, another pair of shoes to wear in the photos. And I was so embarrassed in this photo wearing these shitty farm shoes and the most beautiful dress she'd made for us. And so I feel like when I buy things, I sort of come from this place of lack in a lot of senses because I sort of think, oh, like, should I have spent that money on that piece of clothing? Because like, maybe I'll need it for something else because maybe something will happen like a pandemic, for example. Um, like not knowing what's going to happen next and wanting to sort of hoard that money away so that if a rainy day does come up. But then also the reward side of things for me is whenever I have like a special thing happen, it's always, you never re-wear an outfit. At least I find within my generation, it's always like you can't re-wear an outfit to an event that's been photographed. Like that's blasphemy and I think that's why there's been that real rise of the rental fashion space because it's financially very expensive to be buying a new dress for every wedding and birthday and hen's party um, but even in the rental space it's more sustainable to an extent but it's still expensive yeah and I, I do think that's interesting they're not wearing the same outfit twice where you're going to potentially be photographed because I do think that plays into my mind if I'm going to an event to kind of say I can't wear what I've worn previously. But then do you think in terms of the generational thing I don't know for me being a zennial older and when I was Amelia's age you just would never I mean you don't want to be I guess necessarily seen in the same outfit or but the fact of it being plastered all over social media forever obviously wasn't a thing. So mm. it's so interesting that that's even a consideration. Go, go through your, your 20s thinking that, knowing that you, whoever was there is all who would see you in that outfit, not but literally hundreds of thousands of people that you know. Can I ask the group a question? I am curious... Because personally, I feel like nobody really gives a shit if they see you wear an outfit two times. Have you ever seen somebody else in an Instagram photo, a Facebook photo, who is an outfit repeater and thought, oh, they've worn that before? I feel like nobody thinks about it. I think no, I do. I don't. I don't think about it. Like, but maybe that's a generational thing. Like, I just would never think about that because... Uh, it's also, yeah, I, I don't know. It's not only generational, it's a sexist thing as well. So what man wears the same suit to every wedding for an entire year, most of them? Yeah. And the women don't. The women wear a different dress every time. And I think it's got a lot to do with that as well, that, um, that expectation on us. But I think I do notice, like I do notice if people re-wear stuff, but I don't judge them for it, right? And so I do then wonder why do we put our, like even if people are noticing, it's not necessarily they're noticing and being like, oh God, don't you have anything else in your closet? But I still, like for myself, love wearing different things. And so I wouldn't think about, okay, if I'm meeting people face to face, even if in a work context, what did I wear last time I saw them? I won't wear the same outfit again. I actually think about it. And I did have a friend once say to me, I've never seen you in the same outfit twice. And I see you quite often. Mm. But I wouldn't say that my wardrobe is ridiculously massive, but I just deliberately think, what did I wear last time I saw them? 
See, I would never wow. think that. That's I would, a lot of mental labour. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think that. Like, to give you an idea, what I'm wearing today is what I've worn to every podcast recording for the last I noticed. 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> it's like but a I don't uniform. judge you for it. It's like a uniform. Just wear the same thing every time. I just think in listening to this conversation, it just makes me think um, what a, a, a sort of sleight of hand capitalism has played on as a society to try and uh, try and prime us to believe or expect that buying something temporary can actually make us happy but that's just how we're brainwashed since uh, from 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 the moment those first advertisements hit our eyeballs as babies um, right through to as we move through each generation um, but but yeah, I, I think I, my story on this is around shoes. Okay, so I have big feet, size 11, size 12. And growing up, I mean, apart from sort of homey ped grandma style um, shoes, I just couldn't get any shoes in my size. Um, and it made me feel horrible, right? Because brainwashed to believe that my femininity somehow or my value is tied to how I would present or look as a woman with nice shoes. But I also liked shoes, but who knows what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Um, <laughs> but I just physically couldn't get, you know, it, it was like you'd walk past a shop front and go, those shoes are amazing, and I just would be like, and I just will never have them. Mm. I just can't have them. I just, um, and so when I uh, first moved to the US, I walked into one of their big, um, big department stores because normally my MO is to go into a shoe place and just say in a very defeated voice, okay, so point me to the one or two pairs of shoes that go up to a size 12. You, you know, or ask, do you have, I just start there, do you have any shoes that go up to a size 12? Oh, here, let me dust off these horrible, ugly sandals. Okay, great. Um, and I walked in to this huge three-level department store just for shoes and, and said, okay, so can you just show me, you know, which shoes go up to a size 12? And she goes, well, all of them do. I'm like, what? yeah you're in nirvana all of them do on this floor and the other two floors and i'm like looking around pointing going you mean that like i was picking up she's like can i get these and these boots and she's like ma'am all of them (laughs) and the store was closing in about an hour and i literally was like hyperventilating running from shoes i didn't buy anything that day i couldn't i was literally overwhelmed overstimulated overwhelmed just like running around the store picking up shoes and super confused. Came back the next day um, and really did damage. And so over the time that I lived in the US, I developed a secret shameful shoe purchasing um, compulsion because I was, I just would see shoes and I'd just buy, buy them because I could get them in my size. Wow. And it was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be living here. And then if, when I leave the US, I, I might never, it'll be back to just never having, I just need to get them now. I just, I just bought them. And it was like, I was making up for all that, t- all those years 
of not being able to wear amazing shoes in my 20s, um, all those parties and events that I had ugly shoes, and I have the most outrageous shoe collection now. Um, most of it has to be in storage. So tell me how many do you reckon you've got? I don't know. I'm wow. not Imelda Marcos, but <laughs> maybe the younger generation might not understand that reference. But No, I do, I do. I've seen the Stan <laughs> Kingmaker, the, the documentary. Uh, it's yeah, almost like exactly. feast and famine, isn't it? So, you know, yeah, you're starved and, and then all of a sudden you can be fed and you just went for it. I went for it. And, you know, times have changed. So here in Australia, you can get that you can get shoes in my size more frequently. Um, but it's not like the US, obviously. So I find that even now, uh, when I certainly don't need any more shoes, um, I will just go and ask if I'm in shop. So, or, or have a look and it goes up to my size and that thrill of seeing it in my size has never left and I still just will every now and again here just buy it for that like buy it because I can mm. wow mm. it's just making so, me think about something you said earlier about the advertisers and that because um, I'm not quite sure that my shopping addiction is linked to any sort of advertisement or any sort of forced thing it's I do get pleasure from it I do just like what you were saying about the shoes I do get a thrill and a bit of pleasure from it. It does it does fulfil me, whether it's short or long term. Um, and I don't feel like an advertiser has driven me to that. Like I haven't looked at um, an email or I, I actually don't subscribe to a lot of that sort of stuff. So I just don't want my email box clogged up with it. Um, but it does give me a reward. There's no doubt about it. Like, um, and Can I, I ask? Fiona, yeah. do you go, do you ever get like massages or facials or anything like that done? I used to do that a lot when I was younger. So I used to go really, really regularly, but not mm. so much anymore. And then when I do go, like if, like even yoga, like when I go to yoga and that, sometimes I can almost be moved to tears thinking, wow, you're really doing some self-care today. Like, yeah. why, why have I left this for so long? Why haven't I just given myself this opportunity to have this physical touch or um, uh, I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking yeah. about, you know, yeah. just, just, just a physicality to it, just a release in the body. It's yeah. interesting hearing you speak about, because you don't online shop, you enjoy going in person. That's almost like a it's a pampering experience where because you so often give yourself to others it's like your opportunity to be cared for almost and you know if I go into a shop I'm the type of personality by I I get to really know the salesperson at the same time like I can go into shops and people know my name because and not because I've bought heaps there but because I interact with them, I really do interact with them. And like, how's your day going? And and uh, and they'll go, oh, you know, how's your day going? And I go, oh, my day's going great. And yeah, so I do enjoy that sort of interaction as well, and just chatting with people. And I think that's part of the reward program too. So I think just like reflecting on the difference between your story and my story, right? It sounds like your shopping and your is a reward, is a treat whereas in mine was a reaction almost to stress or boredom. 
And then when you realised it and almost, as you said, COVID kind of took that ability for you to physically go into a shop and have that reward treat, you replaced it though with self-care. Yeah. Do you feel like your self-care is now in a reward category? Um, so when you talk about yoga and you say, oh, why haven't I been doing this and, and caring for myself um, by engaging in yoga, is that, are you now thinking I haven't been rewarding myself enough? I don't look after myself enough. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, I've really recognised that. At the end of last year, I got really unwell. And I think not just physically, but maybe a bit spiritually as well. And um, the best thing I did was go home to Perth and get a lot of sun. I realised I hadn't been seeing enough sun, so my vitamin D was probably quite low. Because you need a moment to stop and um, you almost need to get off this crazy ride and just, you know, not look at your phone and put your feet in the sand and the water and see a bit of sun to just go, wow, like I was letting that happen. And then the decisions just seem so much easier to make, you know, around those sorts of behaviours and addictive behaviours and all that sort of stuff. And I'm talking about things like overeating, um, shopping, um, almost like protecting yourself and cocooning yourself with all these different types of things that you can be doing. And then just having that sudden realisation, just going, wow, what am I trying to replace with that? And, and you know, being lucky enough in that safe space that I have with family and friends and things like that, that I can explore that and mm. just go, oh, I need to take more self-care. Do you think that shopping places a pressure or... Um, does it impact your relationship with your partners? It doesn't for me. How about you girls? I don't think shopping, I feel like Scott almost um, makes it worse. <laughs> In a sense, because he always buys stuff. Like he doesn't think about it. And so sometimes he'll be like, oh yeah, I'm buying this. And so I'll be like, well, he's buying that. So I'm going to be okay to buy stuff. So, you know, like it almost gave me permission to but I don't think he's buying it out of uh, the same motivators or drivers that I am. The, mm. the one thing I would say, Amelia, is, is I don't hide any of my things from my husband. No, neither. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't buy things and secret it into the house or, or pretend I haven't or say, oh, I've had it forever or even eating or anything like that. I don't have any... To, to my partner, I don't have any secret addictions, thank God. Like, I would that would probably make it much worse for me if I was having to hide that, that mm. extra level of stress on that. So I'm really lucky, as I said, that I've got friends and family and a husband who, you know, I, I will I will vocalise it like I'm, I'm like I'm doing now. So it's not something I I um I hide from. I was talking to one of my sisters last week and she was saying to me you know, you've done so much work on yourself over the last couple of years. Like, I really can't get over how much you've done. And I was thinking to myself, is that just because I'm so self-indulgent and so um, not aware, like so much privilege and I can just indulge in all of my things I want to do. But then I thought, no, 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 it's just because I hadn't taken... I hadn't taken a step. I'd been such a carer for everybody else for so long in my profession and personally that I'd just forgotten about myself and I was feeding and filling that hole with these different types of addictions. 
for me, it's interesting because I feel like the dynamics with myself and my partner are very much he enjoys shopping and that experience a lot more than I do personally. Like my dad is always very proud of my ability to prior to going into a shopping center, I will tactically go online look at all the individual things that I potentially may need to get and it's very strategic and I am in and out of there within 30 minutes, all the stores, I will go at the start or the end of the day so there is not any people around because I do not enjoy being in a shopping space at all. It is not a relaxing experience for me. For my partner Chris, he really enjoys sort of the artistry and the fabrics and for us this year, we've obviously, we're younger generation we're working to build up our savings and that kind of thing but he's currently studying but it'll be a great thing long term however I'm conscious obviously just to make sure that we're going to be okay over the next couple of sort of 12 24 months because it is a pretty turbulent world financially speaking out there and like it's one of those things together we can support each other and get through it but I'm also mindful of I don't know whether it's this the farm upbringing of growing up in the drought and we didn't have an income for eight years pretty much because if it doesn't rain, the crops don't grow and we don't get to harvest anything. So therefore, there is nothing to sell. I'm very much the dynamic of, oh, I don't know if we should be... Like, I would never say, like, control him and say, no, you should not buy that. But I'm just like, mm, I don't think you really need that. I think maybe let's just hold on to those those coins for now. You know, Amelia, just something that you're saying there about your upbringing being on, of course, a farm and, you know, it's that feast and famine theme again, you know, that we talked about earlier. And and I know, I'm really interested to know, like, I in, in my life, I have a person in my life whose real language of love was um, rewarding. Is that similar for you with how you were brought up? And like, if it was feast you could reward or or you know I remember you once telling me that the language of love for you someone close to you was like the gift giving at Christmas time and things like that what what was that like yeah. for you 100% it's like a running joke in farming families that whenever your family wants to go on a holiday or I don't know buy something for the family it's always the dad will say oh after harvest and it's like which harvest and it's never specified because the bumper crop is always that season ahead in the future that never ever comes um and so yeah like my mum for example she is very much uh, a person who is her language is through acts of service and and gift um gift giving and it's one of those things where like that's something that she really expresses love through and so um yeah i think it's one of those things where for example in times when we couldn't afford to buy new shoes she was so talented at creating dresses and so we were so beautifully dressed even though we didn't really have very much money um because she knew how to turn an old dress into something even more beautiful two little dresses for me and my sister mm. can I tell this is making me smile a little bit about that I've, I'm going to tell a little side story about being dressed by your parent 
and uh, it just it just it just put a smile on your face. So when I was growing up, my mother was very much about letting us dress ourselves. So she would of course <laughs> buy the clothes, but she said um, that's the one thing she always did. She she really allowed us to be individuals, and we could dress ourselves anywhere we were going, whether it was going to school, whether it was going out. My mother never ever dictated to what we would wear. And when I got older as an adult, she said to me that sometimes she'd look at us and she'd be so ashamed, <laughs> like, not as in like uh, we were wearing anything controversial, but it might be dirty or we might have worn it like 10 times and it was threadbare or we might have, you know, we might not be wearing something that's appropriate for the thing we were going to. But for her, she said it was just really important for us to allow us to yeah. be individuals, to do that ourselves and I always I actually really appreciate that as an adult that she allowed me to do that you know to be my own little person even then (laughs) but it's so interesting you say that and even both for you and Amelia um my mum made us clothes a lot but we didn't have the individuality so she would make my sister and I the exact same outfit but in different colors (laughs) so like I remember that um and some of those outfits are my favourite outfits from childhood. But, like, um, we had yellow and white spotted overalls and a blue and white spotted overalls. I can't remember. And, and now I can't even remember who's wore what colour. But we always had, you know, overalls of a similar material or kind of dresses of a similar material and pattern. And we looked exactly the same. And that's just the clothing she got for us. And um, we would wear it on the same day at the same time and so I do think maybe my reaction even though I did love the clothes she made for us was an individuality element as I've gotten older and now my sister and I actually dress incredibly different so that's incredibly different because that's bringing up another thing for me in that um you know talking about the individuality so one of four girls will never dress the same but my mother made a lot of my clothing especially for special events like a school ball or something like that and when I look back on it like it was like real fashion plate sort of stuff like real wow moments in the clothing that my mother would make us and I think because us kids had been so used to being individuals we went for I remember wearing this one dress that was silver with these giant black velvet stars on it and then a velvet black it's still amazing if I think about it and um and like really even in that in her making of our clothes that individuality but thinking about that too in that the addiction that she would have to that she would not sleep for two days making that clothing for us like because she yeah my mother just wouldn't sleep it was insane this was deep yeah, yeah, this is deep. We're starting off deep. <laughs> I feel like this was deep, but it was light as well. Like it had, it's it's an intermediate space. It's not like heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We got into a bit with the shopping addiction. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God, I shared a lot. <laughs> Hi, Fiona here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. If you enjoyed our show, tell all your friends and family and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion. 